Okay. Ready? Yep, let's do it. Three, two, one. Take one last slurp of that Coke, because here we go. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores. Welcome to Season 2 of Hidden Doors and High Scores. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We made it through a year. And uh, we're going to start off every new season with a review of all of the best and brightest stars of gaming from the last year. So without further ado, here we go. I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. And I'm Chris. Our first award category thing what are, did we mention we're doing awards goes to the best story in a game that came out this year we are all real big story fans particularly when it comes to rpgs we talked a lot in our episodes this year about characters about plot lines and uh, i think i can speak for all of us when i nominate god of war ragnarok for the best story that came out this year um, we recently talked about it in our episode about two months ago, but genuinely it was one of the best two game story arcs I've ever seen. It was just absolutely incredible. It, I don't have much more to say about it than that. It's stellar. Very much agree. God of War Ragnarok takes this for me. It's, it's the best story of the year. Incredible plot, incredible characters that actually all have personal journeys that they go on and all like learn and grow and not in a cheesy way, in a way that really feels legitimate. I have to give a shout out to a couple other games. The games Immortality and As Dusk Falls both are entirely about the story and still were not as good as God of War, which <laughs> is impressive. As Dusk Falls, just very briefly, is a Choices Matter Telltale style game uh, about some family and this group of criminals in Arizona. And I just didn't feel like the choices mattered very much in it. And I, I thought the story and the characters were good, but they just weren't anything interesting, anything unique. Nothing really blow my mind. Also, the game ends on a huge cliffhanger, so I can't recommend it at this point. And then Immortality was a uh, game by Half Mermaid, which is the same studio that did Her Story and Telling Lies. They do full motion video games. So watching clips of like an actual movie of real people, it's the coolest game so far that they've done. I found it just compelling to click through. Uh, every single scene was something interesting and I kept waiting to figure out more of the story, more about the characters and more of the weird secret shit that's going on in that game. Great story, lackluster ending, but would definitely recommend it if you're interested, especially if you're not a big gamer it's it's a really good introduction to video gaming because it's just a cool mystery to solve and you literally just click on shit but god of war wins for me you guys might disagree with me a little bit uh i know most people like being spoon-fed stories and they're easy to understand but elden ring oh, god a no fantastic no story. get the get fuck the out <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's you're getting war. voted it's off got, the podcast it's got a war uh eldering did have a good uh cryptic story but yes god of war was clearly the yeah. best story this year 
All right. All right. Good. I'm glad we got through that. <laughs> all right. Well, we all agree. God of War Ragnarok, best story of 2022. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to move on to our next category, which is best multiplayer experience. I have a tough time with this one. I guess I got to go with Overwatch 2. It's the multiplayer game I've played the most of this year and enjoyed the most this year. It's no different from Overwatch 1, so I don't feel good saying this, but I still very much enjoy it. If you get a big team together, it is still a ton of fun. It's objectively less multiplayer than Overwatch 1. They took a team slot away. That's true. It is less multiplayer and still very, very fun to play. Yeah, I'm thinking through all of them. Splatoon 3, I had fun with the co-op on it. Didn't like the PvP too much. Elden Ring, I delved into the play the PvP. It was a lot of fun, but I didn't play it as much as Overwatch 2. Multiverses, I probably played the most. And I did. Yeah, you really really played that game a lot. Yeah, I played a ton, but it's just there's nothing like getting a five stack. Well, now a five stack. Used to be a six stack on Overwatch 2. And it's it's just still really fun to play. Save us from this, Chris. Uh, it's Shredder's Revenge for me. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> it's mostly the nostalgia factor, right? Because like the game isn't that complicated. Mm-hmm. And frankly, if you have like six people on a team all at once, just all mashing the attack it's button, chaos. you basically can't lose. <laughs> it's just chaos and you can't lose. But it was still fun. It's mostly the, the arcade nostalgia factor for me, but it was incredible. Also, just you guys mentioned Splatoon 3. I had a ton of fun playing PvP in in Splatoon 3 and I never played any Splatoon games before I thought it was I had a blast doing that but Shredder's Revenge for me was the best multiplayer game of the year all right then I think we're on to best graphics I did really want to shout out Horizon Forbidden West I am convinced that Sony wants this game to fail the first Horizon (laughs) came out alongside of Breath of the Wild and yeah uh, this one yep this one came out the same week as Elden Ring. What are they thinking? Why? Why? It's like they don't have a calendar. It's just... Uh, Why? I mean, the game looked amazing. The story was good. Uh, do I place it better than God of War Ragnarok? I'm going to give it to Horizon just because I feel bad. <laughs> it really got the short end of the stick this year. Um, Yeah, for me, it's Callisto Protocol. I have spent the last month playing this game. So it's a horror game, and it is like all of the entertainment factor of the game exists on horror because there's a lot of like walking simulator-ish bits. I have been turning all the lights off, turning my second monitor off. All my blinds are closed, like no peripherals, just complete and total darkness. You know, turned the brightness on the game, you know, down basically as far as it'll let you, and it looks so goddamn good when you do that there are just certain bits of it that look incredible the way that blood spatters and you get covered with more and more blood based on like how many times you do combat and you know shadows passing across the light and just oh my god there's some landscape kind of stuff that just it looks great i have just been absolutely loving looking at the game callisto protocol All right. Well, I haven't played either of those games. I played God of War Ragnarok. It was beautiful. So that's my nomination. (laughs) But I will say I did watch some cutscenes from Callisto Protocol and Horizon Forbidden West. I think Callisto Protocol is crazy good looking. 
it's insane. If you have a rig to run it at, you know, the high performance settings, it just looks unbelievable. So I guess if I'm allowed to nominate a game I haven't played, I nominate Callisto Protocol. I'll go with you, Chris. <laughs> uh, speaking of games that were fun to look at and not so much to play, our next category is the biggest letdown of the year, and it's Stray. I was so hyped for Stray. I was like, hell yeah, cyberpunk, kitty cat, RPG adventure, let's go. And the whole game relied on the you play as a cat gimmick. And it was just entirely a walking simulator with the easiest lowercase p puzzles of all time. And so disappointing in every way. It wasn't long enough. Story was, like, just compelling enough to keep me interested, but I wouldn't go back and play it again. I was yeah. really let down by it, and that is the name of the category. I agree with you. Stray was a very big letdown. I think it was not my biggest letdown, though. Weirdly, I think my biggest letdown of the year was Kirby and the Forgotten Land. <laughs> you did not like that. It's come up a lot this year. <laughs> no, it was horrible. Um, that's not true. It wasn't horrible. It was just not fun to play as an adult. I remembered the nostalgia of Kirby games. It looked really cute. It looked really fun. Bringing it into a 3D sort of environment seemed like a cool idea. And they did all that well. And the, the mouthful mode was a cool idea. But it was just basically not a game. You press forward and you win. And so it was just really disappointing for me. The, the whole game just felt deflated. I mean, my most hated game of the year was Unexplored 2, but it wouldn't be a biggest letdown because I wasn't expecting much for it. <laughs> I agree um, with that. Most hated still... game of the year. If we had that category, I think Unexplored <laughs> wins in a landslide. I still have high hopes. It's still installed in my computer. I'm going to go back. I'm gonna That's do why it it's not Chris's biggest letdown. It's because he still hasn't accepted how bad it is. <laughs> I'm still in the denial stage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would say biggest letdown, oddly, was Chris's best graphics, uh, Callisto Protocol. I think the game looks amazing. The first half of the game, I was having a fantastic time. But when you get to the first major boss, there is a random difficulty spike. And if you do not have your uh, guns upgraded, you need the exact amount of bullets that you have available to kill the boss. You have to hit every shot perfectly. And the dodging mechanic... It just, it shows how bad the mechanic of dodging in that game feels when multiple enemies are on the screen. So it just, it amplifies the poor game design. And then from then on out, I just noticed it and I just started hating it more and more. Oh, it's just so frustrating. And I, I, I'm trying to warn everyone. Um, I wasn't <laughs> let down by it because I didn't really have any expectations going in. So there. Oh, okay. But, uh. Yeah, I agree with you. The game has a pacing problem. A really, really horrible one. Not that the story doesn't move along fast enough, because it does, I guess. It has a pace problem in that your character can't move fast. And that is so goddamn annoying. Like, mm -hmm. there, is an, there is a sprint button that is the slowest possible jog <laughs> that a human can move at. And there's like... And it's so clunky. <laughs> it's... <laughs> There's bits where like you're retreading paths you've already 
crossed because you're like going into side rooms to like get collectibles and stuff and going back through these corridors takes forever because your character's so goddamn slow the whole game relies on this like build up of tension and jump scares but the problem is if you keep doing that over and over and over it no longer becomes horrifying it just becomes surprising and if your game is entirely predicated on being a horror game and isn't horrifying I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Our next category is best mobile game. Best mobile game for me this year is Marvel Snap. It's not even close. I have played so many hours of this game already, and I'm really loving it. Marvel Snap is a collectible card game, card battler. The decks are really small. It's made by Ben Brode, who's the same guy who designed Hearthstone. It's just really, really fun. The fact that the decks are very, very small means that Every single time you switch out one card, it really feels impactful because they made the whole game easier to understand and easier to learn and easier to play. Because unlike something like Magic or Hearthstone or Legends of Runeterra, you jump into those games, there's thousands of cards. With Snap, it's a very, very small pool of cards. So I think they did a really cool thing with that. Uh, it's got a really cool like gambling kind of mechanic. It's freaking great card game and you can play it free to play and have fun a quick shout out to genshin impact because that game just gets bigger and bigger each year and it is becoming a massive game and it's still free to play so the longer you wait to play it it's just going to get better but i want to give it to vampire survivors and it's just a fun kill time game it's like a bullet hell game where you have different characters that have different abilities and you can kind of level up those abilities and it is just chaos by the end of each match. It's a ton of fun, and it's surprisingly like time-consuming. It's really hard to stop playing that game. Yeah, well, I, I will. I will agree with you. I haven't played it on mobile, but just on the PC version, it's just as soon as you die, you're like, all right, one more run, one more yep. run, one more yep. run, and then it's four in the morning. Uh, I've only played one mobile game for the past 10 years, so I don't really have <laughs> nomination for this, but everyone I talk to about games raved about Marvel Snap, so I think I'm just going to agree with Austin and leave it there. <laughs> uh, now, you got to tell us what mobile game have you been playing for 10 years? Oh, Boom Beach. One of the Clash of Clans, like, spinoffs by Supercell. Ah, um, cool. And, yeah, I've been playing it for, like, 10 years, and it's literally, like, a login once a day like yep. collect your resources, upgrade a building, forget about it for 24 hours. Uh, I guess our next category would be music. Let's talk about the music. Surprisingly, a game that I have not played, but I love the music from it. This game called Metal Hellslinger. It is a Doom-like game where you kind of shoot to the beat and it's all great metal music. And yeah, hey, go listen to the music from that game. It's, it's amazing. It's great. Uh, yeah, I heard about that and checked out the soundtrack. It's incredible. Um, yeah. So I won't steal that from you, but I do agree. For me, I'm going to cheat. I have two. Shredder's Revenge and Stray for completely opposite reasons. Shredder's <laughs> Revenge was like all music all the time. And it was just like good 80s synth pop hair metal throwback. It fit the setting perfectly. It was incredible. I 
I loved every second of listening to that game and like have legitimately just put the soundtrack on when I've been doing the dishes at home or something like just doing menial <laughs> crap around the house, just having it in the background. It's so fun to listen to. Step five, farewell. We're gonna, gonna, gonna kick some shell. Speed demons up high. We're gonna, gonna, gonna make you cry. Stray for the exact opposite reason. The thing I, I mentioned this in our episode about Stray, but the thing I really loved about Stray was how quiet it was. And so when they did do musical cues, they were really impactful. It was more about the way in which music was deployed and not about the music itself. And I just really appreciate when music directors and composers know when to pull back and know when to go forward. I have three words for you all. Bear McReary. Yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's got to wear Ragnarok. He did an incredible job. Yeah. The whole soundtrack is amazing. The soundtrack to the boss fights are fantastic. Quiet funeral dirges, the quiet moments of tense reflection between Kratos and Atreus and Freya. Heart-wrenching music as Freya's re-experiencing her horrible wedding to Odin. It's fucking great. Wait, I I changed my answer. You've convinced me. I'm back to God of War. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I'm thinking about everything. All right. Um, our next category is the best game you played that didn't come out this year, otherwise known as the Backlog Bonanza Award. We do a couple episodes a year about Backlog Bonanza, games that uh, have just been sitting in our libraries for a while that we haven't gotten to play. Um, so for me, anybody who watched our Twitch stream at all last year uh, will have seen me play Subnautica and its sort of semi-sequel Subnautica Below Zero for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. I loved those games. I had never really been into the survival crafting games, but uh, I loved Subnautica and it frankly, it opened up the entire genre to me. Like I want to go play those other games now because of how much fun I had playing Subnautica. So the Backlog Bonanza Award for me, Subnautica. For me, Backlog Bonanza, it only came out in 2021, but it sat in my library for a while before I got around to playing The Forgotten City, and I was blown away by this game. I think it's, if not the best, one of the best walking simulators ever made. The characters in it, there's not that many of them, and so they feel very fleshed out. They feel like real people with real problems, and moral character which is a, a big uh, issue in the game and it uses this time loop system which is really cool there's just this big mystery that you're trying to solve for why you're in this loop and why there's people that can turn to gold statues uh, and all kinds of weird shit is going on and i did not believe that the game could wrap it all up well and make it all make sense and i was totally wrong and the ending is incredible and not only satisfying like intellectually in that everything in the game narrative makes sense and is self-contained, 
but also did a great job wrapping up each of the characters' individual stories and giving like a really satisfying conclusion to all the different plot lines. Really, really recommend to anybody who uh, wants a good mystery to solve. Definitely the best game I played uh, in my backlog this year. Uh, I had a couple that I'm kind of tied between. I played a game called Celeste. And Celeste is like a, a 2D platformer, much like Super Meat Boy. There's levels and puzzles to find, and there's like a boss, a pseudo boss after each hike up the mountain. You're trying to hike to the top of the summit. Puzzles get harder and harder. The platforming gets harder and harder. It's got a pretty heartfelt story. And it's got a heartfelt story. But honestly, my number one of a game that didn't come out this year is Slay the Spire. Uh, I have put so many hours into a game that is basically the same run over and over. But there's just so many variations that you can make to it. It's I don't know what it is, but I just keep coming back to it. I I love that game. That game is one of my most played games of all time. I've put hundreds of hours into Slay. Really? Okay. That. that makes me feel yeah. better. I was worried other loved just it. I'm the only one who likes it. No, I'm good to hear. Loved, loved, okay. Loved <laughs> all right, let's move on to our drum roll uh final the big awards. ones. The big ones. So we broke our game of the year's up a little bit into dollar categories so our first category is best free game for me i have to give it to marvel snap it's the game i've played the most hours of and i've loved every minute of it and uh, i've got a little group chat with like six of my friends who play and uh, i already talked all about it so i'll leave it at that so i think my number one free-to-play game Honestly, because Fall Guys came out free this year, it's neck and neck with Overwatch 2. But, I mean, Overwatch, it's unfair. It was Game of the Year 2016. Fuck it, I'm going to say Overwatch 2. It's just a really fun free-to-play <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, I have to shout it out to Fall Guys, man. Like, they just yeah. keep putting more crap in the game for no money. Mm-hmm. Like, they keep yeah. refreshing this game over and over, and it's so good, and it's just like, you go back to it after three months and it's the same game, but there's new fun stuff to stimulate you. And then you put it away for three months and then you keep going back to it. And it's like, like Fall Guys is eventually going to have the highest number of hours played on Steam for me because <laughs> like, I'm just going to keep going back to it forever after I stop playing other games, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh man. Yeah. Just, such because a they made it, just because they made it free this year. It's just such a good get a couple of your friends together for half an hour and play game. Okay, let's move on to the next one. We're ranking it up. We got $25 or less. This one's a no-brainer for me, Cult of the Lamb. Cult of the Lamb is like Animal Crossing meets Hades, but the Hades side wasn't as good. It wasn't as polished, but man, oh man, building a cult. You build a cult as this cute little lamb and you recruit other cute little animals And you can sacrifice them, watch them grow to old age, do all your farming. It's, it is wonderful. Uh, Highly recommend this game. It is hilarious. Austin, you did it. It was about eight hours. I'd say 12. 12 hours. Okay. To do like the basic game and then you can build the cult however long you want to build it. I had a ton of fun with this game and you can get it on the switch. So it's perfect for like a travel game. If you need to go somewhere like such a good game to get, if you're traveling for me, that's 25 or less. And I'm glad I get to say this. Cause I think I know what Austin's going to say. And um, I don't, I'm not stealing this from him. It's the last cube. 
I saw Austin play this. Uh, my rule is any puzzle game that Austin recommends, I put it on my wish list and buy it when it goes on sale. It went on sale. It was like $5 less than whatever it sells for. And I bought it. And what a joy. What an absolute stellar puzzle game. You play as a cube. All the puzzles are traversal puzzles. You're trying to get from one end of a place to the other. You get certain power-ups that allow you to move certain ways. That, like you stamp a, your face on a thing on the floor and then you can like, some of them like let you go up on a corner and like move diagonally or just there, there's all kinds of crazy shit that they allow you to do and you can like get multiples and do different things. Oh man. What an excellent, excellent puzzle game. I loved it. And it looks great, too. And there's, like, a Portal-style story-slash-commentary thing going on, and it's just, it's funny, and it's fun and challenging. The difficulty curve on it is excellent, I think. Um, there was no point at which I ever went, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do here. The Last Cube. What a joy. I think those are both really good choices. Um, the Last Cube would have been my pick, for game of the year for this category but then i played a puzzle game that's even better than the last cube uh and if y'all go back into our episodes i raved about the last cube when it came out yeah you did uh and patrick's parabox puts it to fucking shame it's so <laughs> goddamn good patrick's parabox is one of the best puzzle games ever made it is a 2d puzzle game the game uses uses size changing mechanics so you can go inside of cubes to like make yourself smaller and interact with things or go out of cubes to make things bigger and it uses recursion so it'll build a puzzle within a puzzle it's mind-blowing the entire game every single new world introduces a new concept that totally changes how you play the game but the level progression the difficulty curve is perfect every level in the main storyline is just a tiny bit harder than the one before it and so the game is constantly making you think of something new, but it's always just a little bit harder. So it's never, it never feels out of reach. It never feels like there's this big wall. I had a smile plastered on my face every single minute I played this game. Never has a puzzle game made me feel so smart, so consistently. And the main story is doable by basically anyone. And there are literally hundreds of challenge puzzles for those who want to uh, test their brains out. And I loved all of it. No contest. Patrick's Parabox. Put it on your wish list, kids. Puzzle games that Austin recommends. Put them on your wish list. <laughs> yep. All right. Next, we're going up to the $50 or less category. And I'm going to cheat again a little bit here. I cheated twice in this whole episode. Well, look, we have to ban you for cheating. We have to ban Garrett for saying Elden Ring as a story <laughs> game. And I'm going to be doing this podcast by myself next. <laughs> oh, well. GTFO technically came out in 2021. It came out in December of 2021. Uh, but we reviewed it after we did our year in review episode for 2021. It didn't talk about it then. So I get to talk about it now. GTFO is wonderful. It is a first-person shooter, team-based, and really, really slow-paced and tense, but slow-paced and tense in a good way, not like a bad Callista Protocol way. So there's a lot of coordination, there's a lot of teamwork involved. We waxed poetic about it in our, the episode we talked about over the summer. But uh, yeah, for, for under $50, I think it's 40 Yeah, GTFO, incredible game. And um, they have a really good uh, like matchmaking system slash online community so you don't even need to have friends you can just pop in and grab strangers very easily 
My pick for best $50 or less game is Tunic. The character is an adorable little fox. Zelda, Zelda mechanics with Dark Souls combat uh, and Dark Souls style bosses. I really, really enjoyed this game. The music is really, really good. Really chill, like lo-fi beats. So it's really just like a nice game to relax to, which is weird with the Dark Souls style combat, Yeah, but it works. But the reason this game is my best game for 50 bucks or less is not because of most of the gameplay. It is for the last hour of the game, 100%ing the game. Basically, after you sort of beat the main boss, there is another puzzle to solve. And solving that puzzle is incredible. It is how you 100% the game. And it is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a video game. Absolutely brilliant. I can't tell you anything about it other than <laughs> if you're going to play Tunic, do it. only worth playing Tunic if you're going to do that puzzle at the end, because that is way by far the best part of the game. Uh, my pick is probably Sifu. Sifu is a kung fu roguelike where you you fight through these levels and every time you die, you age more. And if you get too old, you have to restart the entire run. And every time you get like 10 years, so if you're like 50, you do more damage, but you have less health. So that's the trade-off. The game is a ton of fun. The bosses are all incredible. They all have two phases. It's very technical, so you have to know when to dodge. Uh, it feels a lot like Sekiro, because you have like a stamina bar and you have to break their stamina bar. So much fun. Also, uh, there's a ton of mods out for the game. So if you get it on PC, you can play as like Neo and have all the people be Agent Smiths. Yes. Uh, you can be so John cool. Wick. Uh, you can be Homer and you're fighting like Ned Flanders and Marge. <laughs> it, it makes the game so much more fun. I, I fought as like Ahsoka. You can use lightsabers. The fighting's cool. The sound is so good with all the hits. And uh, yeah, it just feels great to play. I did not realize the combat was Sekiro style. That yeah. makes me really want to get that game. Yeah, very much. All right, here it is, people. Game of the year, any price. This is an easy choice for me. It's God of War Ragnarok. And uh, I, I think we may have some dissension in the ranks here. Wow. Uh, I, I loved God of War Ragnarok. I loved every minute of it. I 100% at the game. Everyone will enjoy God of War Ragnarok. It fires on every possible cylinder. I loved every minute of it. Go play it. God of War is a great game. If it was any other year, maybe. Elden Ring, I have never had more fun moment to moment, more surprised with every boss fight, new mechanics, new, new weapons to build. There is an infinite amount of spells, weapons, the horse combat that has never been in a Souls-like. This is the best iteration of a Souls-like game and the best uh, beginner-friendly to a Souls-like game. This is such a good game. I think it wins game of the decade for me, honestly. Game of the decade. Wow. Uh, yeah, Garrett, I'm with you. In any other year, I think God of War Ragnarok had a shot, but for me, it's Elden Ring. I have not put as many hours into any single player game ever as I put into Elden Ring <laughs> in a month of yeah. it coming out. <laughs> I didn't want Elden Ring to be game of the year for two reasons. It came out in February, and it was just yeah. I just had a thing about like, oh, we're just like presumptively naming this 
game of the year before any other game has come out this year. You know, we had to wait seven or nine months until November for Ragnarok to come out, and everyone had just already proclaimed Elden Ring game of the year. And I was sitting there going like, come on, really? So just like, just for that reason, I didn't want it to be Elden Ring. But then I just, I put 300 hours into it in like two months. And then I knew we were going to talk about it on this episode. So I went back and started playing it again a week ago. And I've been playing it for four or five hours a day, every day for a week straight. I can't stop playing it. It's so goddamn good. It's so good. All right. Well, Elden Ring wins, and I I don't begrudge you guys at all. Elden Ring is the best gameplay of the year, no doubt. Um, All right. Well, that wraps up 2022. But before we uh, end the episode, I think we should talk a little bit about something else. Let's talk about the games we're most excited for in 2023. Last year, you guys gave me shit when I didn't say Breath of the Wild 2 for my game of the year. And I said it's because I wasn't sure it was going to come out in 2022, and then it didn't. Uh, And then (laughs) I was getting all ready to say Breath of the Wild 2, a.k.a. Tears of the Kingdom is the official title, as we now know. Um, And then I watched the Game Awards, and the Hades 2 trailer dropped. And I don't think my jaw has hit the floor faster for a game announcement ever. I did an, I made an audible gasp and I got <laughs> fucking hyped. I loved Hades. Loved, loved, loved it. Hades 2, can't wait. I loved Hades. Inject Hades 2 into my veins. Garrett. I'm pretty sure it's not going to come out 2023. But yes, I am also very excited. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will jump on that bandwagon too. Also very excited <laughs> for Hades 2. I got hyped about it. Hades 2. The other one I want to quickly mention, Starfield. Starfield is the first game in a new universe by Bethesda in like over a decade. And it basically just looks like No Man's Sky, but not procedurally generated. And with like actual things to do on all the planets, instead of just like sometimes you get screwed by just finding an empty one. Um, Just from the trailer that I've seen, Starfield looks awesome. Yeah. I think Starfield very well might end up being Game of the Year 2023. We'll see what else comes out and how good it is. But it certainly has, the, I think, the most potential to be. Uh, the games I am most excited for are Hollow Knight Silk Song. I loved Hollow Knight, which is basically like a 2D Dark Souls. Loved everything about that game other than navigating the map. That kind of sucked a few times. But hopefully they've made some improvements there. Um, the game... I'm maybe most excited about, weirdly, because I've already played a lot of it, is Valheim. I am so, so hopeful that we get a full release of Valheim this year. Valheim is a Viking-themed survival crafting game. I have never liked survival crafting games, but when you do it with a group of six or seven of your friends, it becomes absolutely a blast to play. And we started working like a tribe And that sense of community, building our own world together, was so, so fun. I know that other games have done this, but Valheim just absolutely nailed it for me. I loved it, and we are going to have a dedicated server. So when that comes out, uh, jump on our Discord, and we uh, we will have the server posted there. All right. 
Uh, so I have a few games. Can you do this like an auctioneer? You'd be like, "Hey, my first game is Spider-Man Two." And I mean, Gate it's pretty much gonna be that. Uh, let's go in order of release. Uh, so we got Hogwarts Legacy coming out pretty soon. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, Harry Potter RPG. The graphics look amazing from everything I've seen so far. The spells, they're all real spells from the story. Looks incredible. Wulong Final Dynasty. Uh, same makers of Neo. That's going to be a lot like those games, but more story elements. Very interested in that. Spider-Man 2. The first one was incredible. This one has uh, Venom and Craven the Hunter. Baldur's Gate 3. Same makers of Divinity 2. It's going to be using the entire D&D backlog of spells, characters. Already did the customization of characters. There is so much in that game. It is incredible. Uh, Diablo 4, very famous game. I'm worried about Blizzard because they've done a lot of duds recently, but I'm still hopeful for Diablo 4. Diablo 2 was like the first game that got me started in gaming, so there's always a place in my heart for it. Overwatch 2, full release. They're doing co-op with RPG elements and skill trees. I am so excited. I really want it to be good. We got Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, it's like a Dark Souls kind of Star Wars story, but this is takes place years in the future. So he has now full-on Jedi powers, plus hopefully still those Dark Souls elements. Very excited. We got Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. Same makers of all the Arkham games, which are incredible open world games. Uh, this is also the final voice acting of Kevin Conroy, who has done Batman, all the animated Batmans for years. And it's four-player co-op with uh, different kind of styles of gameplay with each character. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. We have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the sequel to Final Fantasy Part One, And we also have Final Fantasy XVI, a completely new Final Fantasy. They're doing both in the same year, which is surprising. Uh, and then the final of the main big ones uh, is Pikmin 4. Very excited about that. Love all the Pikmin games. They're a ton of fun. I want to make I want to make Garrett pick one of those games so we can call back on our episode when we review things, and I can say this is Garrett's most look forward to game of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most excited for it, the game that got me started in gaming was Diablo two, so it's Diablo four. I mean, cool. okay. I I hope it's good. I hope. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our year in review for 2022. We're very excited to share 2023 with you. Until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Make sure to check us out on Twitch to see what we're playing and talking about. Come and join us on Discord. We hang out and play games there like every night, and we're always happy to have more gamers on the server. Um, all those links will be in the show notes for this episode. Lastly, if you like this podcast, tell a friend, give us a rating. Both of those really help us out, move us up in the charts. and We would really appreciate it. See you in 2023. New there year, new no dibbling, dibbling babs. There will be no dibbling of babs. That's a 2022 joke. We're retiring it. We're getting a new joke for 2023.